Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Join me tonight for this amazing episode with Jackie Pfeiffer. Jackie is a passionate filmmaker and writer who is committed to film, story, and music as tools to shift consciousness. Fascinated with human development, she understands the importance of meeting evolutionary challenges and loves inspiring people to move from their heads to their hearts. We talked to her this episode about the amazing messages that come through her film and how you too can access this portal to change consciousness and help to ignite your own sparks. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. This is a very unique time because almost every single global crisis on the planet is a human-generated problem. It's a system that's destabilizing. Is there a way through this? And it can either phase shift up to a higher level of order and organization, or it can phase shift down. One of those is eminent. There's a worldwide epidemic not seeing the beauty of what it is to be a human being. I want to understand more about happiness. The state of consciousness we're in collectively, it's a distraction. And the simple truth is killing us. The portal. I have watched it now two and a half times. So inspired. I mean, just it was I mean, I get the chills. It's resonating with me the whole journey and the cinematography. Oh, my God. Beautiful, beautiful, meaningful. I mean, you got it. <laughs> I'm glad that you really enjoyed it so much. It's funny you saying the Ignite the Spark. It's one of the things that I talk about a little bit, you know, when people have, you know, when we've been doing Q&As and stuff because I, I mean, the film is, I feel like it's a lot of things and also depending on where the individual is at, it's going to mean more one thing than another thing and then that can change over time and I know that it does for me too but one of the things that I kind of love most about it and I see in people's eyes and in the way they speak after they've seen the film is that a spark is getting lit you know and that doesn't mean to say that people are at the beginning of their journey and this film ignites them and then they're off but it's like wherever you're at that little that spark gets lit to get to take you to the next step of whatever you're doing and so you could kind of be early in some sort of journey or you could be later on and you're already very much in a spiritual path and you're doing what it is that you feel that you're here on this earth at this time to be doing but it still ignites something that helps you know jumpstart you in a way to get you to the next level and I've just been seeing that and it's so beautiful but that spark it's it's um it's i don't know it's such a beautiful idea that we can spark spark ourselves through interactions through the media that we you know are consuming it's not a really wonderful way to to describe it but it's kind of become like that you know and so yeah how do we spark ourselves and each other to just like keep moving forward 
Well, and that's what was so beautiful. You know, thank you for sharing that because that comes through so clearly in the film. And I was curious just for you, where did this spark begin for you? Because I looked at your website and the fact that you used to be like this international DJ and you had this (laughs) whole other big life. I mean, tell me about that. Gosh, I always, I'm, it's funny. It's like, you're a storyteller telling my own story. Just as the, it defies me sometimes and figuring out, you know, like, oh, and looking back and sort of putting the pieces together, joining those dots of, you know, how, how I got to be somewhere. But I guess I've always been somebody who's wanted to follow whatever I'm passionate about and not really so much worried about security and, the next paycheck and stuff like that and really being driven by what feels meaningful. And so um, I studied film and then I ended up working as a program producer, but I started DJing and decided I wanted to do that full time and dedicate myself to that for a period, which I did. And I, I traveled and I was living in Ibiza for a long time and it was such an amazing period. I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about judgment's not quite the right way to to describe it but understanding about what is meaningful and what moves other people for example you know we've each got our musical tastes um and I certainly do but being there and a lot of the music in Ibiza is not music that I'm super connected to but I loved the experience of being able to be in those environments that are really set up for a communal experience the sound is amazing it's so unifying and to hear this music that I don't really necessarily like or respond super well to seeing how it's working for other people and loving it for that and kind of getting where other people are at. And so it broadened my tastes and my understanding about what moves us, which was a really cool side effect of being in that environment. I really, uh, yeah, that was one of the most powerful things. And eventually I just sort of decided I wanted to get back into film and that in the long term, that would be the most fulfilling for me. And that is totally true. And so I've done a whole bunch of cool things with um, mostly narrative films with teams that have been kind of disruptive in their approach and visionary in their approach. And so I love the energy of that and being part of that and trying to kind of do something that's bigger than the budget that you've got and make it look like three times what you had or more or whatever. And so that's been really cool. And then with this project, it's biggest moment of getting, uh, you know, it was came in the form of a text message at the time, but getting a message about like a potential project to be a part of. And I was so excited. I just like every fiber of my being just lit up and I didn't even know very much about it. I just got a few words in a text message. I was like, oh yes. (laughs) And, um, and it changed a lot, you know, and my role changed through that period, but there was a spark there at the start and it kind of never went away. And we went through some really challenging times and like an entire, you know, turnover of the creative team. And then I became part of the creative team. Tom and I sort of creatively started again from where they'd been at when I first joined the project. And so that kind of constant reinvention and supporting each other through like very dark times, you know, when I mean, you know, money and all sorts of other stuff riding on the decisions that you make and, knowing what to do and allowing space for for the right thing to come up but I think that one although I'd sort of always loved what the intention was for the film it wasn't really on track to be to be a little esoteric I guess you know vibrating at the kind of frequency that it needed to to transmit this message so there was just it was kind of I don't know what the easiest way to describe it is a little bit too much kind of hype not kind of grounded and and true enough yeah. Um, to to really transmit what it needed to 
to transmit um, and to connect with people and to, and the, the level of intimacy. And so we managed to get it back to that. So, you know, I just – it's like the movie that I kind of always – needed to make or wanted to make but didn't know that that's what I would end up doing and so it was so wonderful to have an opportunity to kind of step into the next version of my evolution step back into something that I'd really wanted to do which was direct and bring kind of a whole lot of themes that had been developing and existing over the course of my life and stuff with mental health too. I know you've got a big background and focus on mental health in the show, but yeah, I grew up in a, in a household of, of mental health presence <laughs> situations. My mum had mental health, you know, with bipolar and everything and kind of like what that means to grow up in that environment and how that affects my own and, you know, my sibling, my sister's mental health and just kind of pushing away from that. And then coming full circle and being dropped in the middle of an exploration of the current state of our mental health and how we're both we're all operating internally, externally. Um, so, ah, to answer Lyme, a bit of a long-winded kind of <laughs> question, but but just I guess I just always knew it was the film I needed to be part of this project. And I love challenge and I love keeping a vision alive. And I love when I believe in somebody else's vision, which I very much did with Tom's, you know, original intention to get this message out. Didn't have a shape, but I believed in that intention. I just wanted to help it get there. And so, you know, rode the waves. For people that don't know about the film, it's a book and a documentary film created as a part of this global vision to shift humanity out of cr- our crisis and into consciousness through <laughs> the portal. I mean, <laughs> dear God. So, you know, as, as I'm listening to the title and, and started watching the film, you know, I, I couldn't help but wonder what was your portal? Of course, the silence, right? And, and, and being able to meditate and access this deeper part of ourselves and this connected part of ourselves. Tell us a little bit just about like your journey, you know, or your awakening into oh. accessing the portal. My portal, God, the fil- the creation of this project has been the biggest, most pivotal part of my spiritual journey and development, definitely, definitely. And I have grown up in a fairly progressive kind of environment um, and kind of quietly spiritual, although I didn't necessarily have a linguistic framework to, to put around that. I didn't necessarily know what that was, but I definitely grew up in that environment and kind of a level of consciousness with with my mum and my home that was, you know, decades ahead of its time. But this, it's been interesting, this, this project, putting the language and putting the framework around it and understanding it. And so, yeah, like meditation and what that is and, and knowing because I'd had some sort of intuitive sort of meditative practices but didn't know what that was, didn't call it that. But in terms of I'm starting to get an very much an embodied relationship with mindfulness, with meditation, with spirituality, with consciousness and actively participating in 
you know, and reciprocally with the project and with everybody involved with it, participating in my kind of evolution, this this film has been the portal for me, definitely. And, and it has been for a lot of other people involved, you know, too, which has been super, super cool. It's really, yeah, it's a, it's a vortex of transformation and it has been right from the beginning and it's interesting because we shot some material which was with this, like the first creative direction, which is not anything that you see up on screen. It's some other stuff that's going towards another project. But we... I put that team together very selectively. So it was a really interesting group of people, a small but interesting group of people. And all of those people, some of them, actually a lot of them have ended up participating all the way through, but but it was people started shifting right at the start. So there, there's like a vortex of transformation around this project that's that's been there right from the start, you know, and the crisis and evolution and that role that that relationship that exists between those it's it's been there you know and so people have had career paths uh, career changes and like huge realizations and awakenings and it's everybody it's everybody that's involved and so now starting to see that ripple widen as people experience that you know the portal in their way with through the film through the book it's just the coolest it's the coolest well, and, and it's exactly what you said in the beginning of our interview. I, I think that when people watch the portal, I, I felt that myself and I don't want to give anything away. But towards the very ending, when you're kind of experiencing that vortex again, as it's shown on the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm just <laughs> I, I'm like transported. And, and it's like it does. It takes you to like the next level. I'm like, I am experiencing and I've been on the spiritual journey a very long, long time, too. And and yet it was just it it did. I mean, it ignited something within me where I was like, yes, I I am going to spend more time in silence. I am going to access these pieces of myself and being so inspired through that creativity that also comes through us through being in that place. So amazing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I just. I felt on fire and I, I probably am a little <laughs> I'm a little hyped right now because I literally was just watching the very end of it again before oh. I came for the interview. And I was just like, you know, it's just like I, I can't say enough great about it. I can't. Oh. Um, so, so amazing. And it is it's transformative for whoever views it. You, I'm, I'm curious about the collection of people that you got together for this project, for this film. How did you find these people and what what drew these people to you? Ah, gosh, <laughs> the mysteries of the world. We, we had a really kind of thorough and, you know, dynamic research process and a really fantastic team who sort of were filmmakers and journalists who were working with us to find the, the right people and the right combination of stories because you need we needed it to be a cross section um and not everybody represent that same sort of template like for instance you know we there's an army veteran in there we there were lots of other stories that had a similar kind of a, a template if you think about it kind of archetypally soldiers we also spoke to people who were maybe first responder kind of people people who were on the front line of of service in that way but that represented the same kind of trauma activation i guess well, I mean, the, the veteran, obviously, it started earlier, but in terms of the, the professional work, you know, and forensic police 
people and and other veterans and stuff that couldn't have multiple of those even though some of those other stories were so incredible and the people were so powerful it's like the choices that you make to give the the tapestry that give the cross sections that that relatability on a on a wider spectrum and so there was i mean there was brainstorming internally for us and kind of some lead generation and and reading books and articles i was reading stealing fire at the time so if you think about the futurists that were involved I'd read about those or been connected to those people through, you know, friends of mine and the veteran that I'm talking about, Buddha. Tom had seen a study, a video, or I read an article or something with the guy, Vernon Barnes, who was working at the brain injury clinic and running meditation programs with those guys, guys and girls. And and thought, oh, gosh, this is really interesting. He'd been doing research on that program and so he must – there must be subjects in there of the research that would have incredible stories and and potentially be interested in sharing those and that was definitely the case. We got a lot of interest from them, girls and guys who were participating in in that program and that was very powerful, very powerful. And then, you know, kind of brainstorming the girls in the team were sort of just thinking like how do we – how do we find people whose stories hinge around mindfulness and meditation as a as a pathway through crisis? So searching, um, I think there was, I think we found Amandine through a meditation in war zone and Georgie kind of was following that lead. They, they're doing all sorts of stuff. Researchers are amazing. It was the first time I'd been involved in that process and, and kind of them taking on what we were saying was like kind of looking for this type of person because we thought it would complement the tapestry and then they would go off and just come up with amazing people all over the place three 300 people or something we spoke to that included organizations and stuff but it was like a very deep thorough process at the beginning of the film you, as they're telling their stories and you get these first pieces of the trauma that these six individuals mm. have been through it can't help but just open your heart and you just you're just thinking how did these people survive some of this when, when you were just speaking, her name is Amandine. You know, when Amandine is talking and she's here, she is, you know, with these refugee camps and yeah. the possibility of being murdered or kidnapped. And, and just that that's really reality. And so many of us here in the United States are so kept away from that, you know, as our personal reality that we don't have a touch point. And her telling of her tale made it so accessible and real and was beautifully portrayed in the film. And so to, to know that these people have been through these horrible things and like Buddha, the gentleman you were talking about, the vet, you know, having been a gang member and then mm-hmm. being in the war and, you know, just the levels of PTSD and also some of what I work with. Um, so I'm a trauma specialist and I do EMDR. So I help people recovering from some of these traumas. But when you see them in that pain point, you think, how do they ever get anywhere else? You know, how did they go through the portal to get to (laughs) these places of inner peace? So right after I got done listening, I had to download Calm Clarity, 
Oh yeah. How to use science to rewire your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to say her name wrong either. Her name is Zway Kwok. Zway. So she's, yeah. So she, she, this is the coolest. I mean, she was at Harvard. She's a, um, a Vietnamese refugee came over when she was just a baby with her family from Vietnam to, and they ended up in Philadelphia. And she had developmental trauma from those times, like sort of near starvation and and those kind of adverse experiences on the boats coming across, that kind of thing almost died. And then then all of the experiences in her kind of rough environment where she was living in Philadelphia and um, exposure to a lot of violence and tough situations for little people to to experience, to see firsthand and to to experience and and had the developmental trauma that, that... she ended up with and she taught herself neuroscience to heal her brain when she was at Harvard and she had a breakdown. I mean, it's, she's so smart and so, but so grounded and has such an artful way of just genuinely expressing what she went through. And one of my favorite things is that she kind of just inadvertently gives you a little bit of a kind of like how to, like what she did through those process, the process of retraining her brain, but taking that into her own hands it was um so so inspiring anyway you carry on go the calm calm clarity but i was just going to give a little intro to this way no i mean i just started (laughs) listening to it so i just but no i mean her story again so compelling Mm. um for you what was it like jackie to to have these people you're working so intimately with them so you're you're hearing their stories but you're also spending this time with them what was that like it was so enriching and eye-opening and kind and terrifying too in a way because I was interviewing for the first time I'd never done that and so it's it was a, a new thing for me and not a very sort of comfortable space for me to be in I can be a little bit more of a listener and kind of quiet sometimes and so yeah there were so many mixed emotions that were going on and just it's schedule pressures and all sorts of other the stress of production that's there coexisting at the same time as diving so deeply with somebody in when they're telling their story and and allowing that to unfold and creating the space it was extraordinary i mean the the one of the things that struck me and i guess i i realized this more and more over time it became more and more present over time as they were you know continued their patience and and trust and generosity towards the project these people entrusting me us to tell their story, you know, and I gave them a bit of a guide at the start of the intention and they knew sort of like how we would construct the scenes a little bit and there'd be a stillness sequence and there'd be this and there'd be that. But to just leave your story in the hands of some other people that you don't really know but have a good vibe towards is so generous. It's so generous. And I mean, you know, I've got a, I'm a filmmaker and what have you, but in some senses, we didn't have a track record. And so that just every single day, as that feeling got deeper, it just brought me closer and closer to them and pouring over their stories and just thinking like, how do we tell their story? But really we're telling the story of humanity at the same time, you know, and how do we, I was trying to create like a one voice kind of a thing in a sense, particularly that's evident in certain parts of it. So yeah, just diving diving deeply into the story side in that firsthand intimate retelling that's person to person and and kind of like um 
like I, I was thinking about like the kind of return to the campfire story of sharing that thing person to person, the oral tradition. Being able to be part of that was huge. It was huge for me. It was really, it's, it's shifted me a lot, opened me up a lot. Absolutely. I, I imagine that, do you still have relationships yeah, with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them more, I mean, uh, Buddha and I are probably the, the closest. He and I chat and speak to each other regularly, and I do with most of the others too. Some of them are, I guess it just depends on where people are at. To the futurists, we have sort of sporadic contact. They're so committed to the work that they're doing and doing very, very important work at this time. And I understand what happens when you're very focused on what you're doing and kind of other people and in your circle can fall away for periods and you've got to be in lockdown. And that's, um, and so I know that they're doing their, that's their situation most of the time, which I, you know, admire and respect that, that they're so committed to creating a better world that they retain that level of focus. It's beautiful. So I have more um, more connection regularly with the, the people in the personal stories, which is really, really beautiful, and um, see each other when we can and do FaceTime. It's, it's nice. It's nice to know that they're relationships that are kind of still developing and will build over time. It reminds me of an image in your film and talking about as everyone, if we compare ourselves to trees and, oh, and yeah. how the trees stand separately, but underneath the surface, we're all connected at the roots. And so I'm like hearing this and hearing like these roots are just continuing to grow. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? I think too, I mean, I know it's certainly true for me. Maybe it's true for other people too. I guess that the older we get, the the more we understand that people are on their own path and that we'll, you know, come together when it's when it's right and that there's no impatience around that I'm certainly becoming more patience around that I kind of the people I'm really fond of I like to speak to them regularly but I've just realized I've got my life and I've got my work that I'm trying to do and they're patient and understanding of that with me and so developing those skills I think it's really beautiful to just trust that you will come back together again in the future and that those roots will still continue to grow underneath and we kind of still become closer in that period. Whatever the period is, we're still becoming closer and closer all the time. I agree. I think there's also this divine timing when we're able just to let go and, and just trust, as you're saying, and that we will. We'll, we'll continue to weave this tapestry together. Yeah, it's beautiful. I feel like, yeah, I just feel my heart kind of beating stronger as the time goes on and you kind of realize these things and you have more peace about this stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's nice. What does it mean to live a spark filled life? It means waking up to a morning full of possibility and potential that you intentionally plug into. It means moving past your past and leaning in fully to the present moment to create the kind of future you want, full of joy, abundance, and magical moments. When you live a spark-filled life, you let go of old limiting beliefs and adopt new ones that ignite your spirit and heal your heart. It's focusing on what you want to create in your life and then taking action to make it happen. There's an amazing life available to you. You hold the flame within you to ignite your best life. Hi, friends. That's an excerpt from my new book, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life, available now on Amazon Books and at 
thesparkbook.net. Chocked full of wisdom from 30 years of experience in the mental health field, wisdom from my guests on the show, such as Bruce Lipton, Larry Dossie, and Jacob Israel Lieberman, to name a few, as well as stories just to help you learn how to befriend yourself, develop resiliency and grit, to cultivate joy, and to grow through grief, as well as learning how do you learn how to contribute, how do you learn how to ignite your own best life, and to live a life full of love and joy. So come check it out, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life on Amazon Books and thesparkbook.net. Let's talk a little bit, if we can, about the AI component of the film, because that yes. was so fascinating, <laughs> you know, unexpected and fascinating and where we're also going, right? There's this exactly. whole, yeah. So can you speak about that sure, in the film? Sure. Yeah. This, this is, this is maybe not surprisingly the most, maybe pretty much the only kind of potentially polarizing point it's in the film and I really loved when we did some Q&As in Sebastopol recently which is where Dr Julia Mossbridge is to have her to be able to uh, be part of the discussion and allay some concerns that people have about this it's like what does what does robotics like what does that mean for our future what does that mean for the the human experience and our significance and things like that and so a few people have had concerns like think I think they think that we're saying something that we're not actually saying or showcasing something that isn't it's a different take on it it's not actually what we're talking about but what we are talking about is well the way I see it is on one hand how can we use the tools at hand to help uplift and transform humanity right and in this instance it's thinking about AI and robotics and the way we program the intentionality in the moment of the programming, the the level of thoughtfulness, awareness, relationship to potential bias that the programmers have when they're programming the AI. And so Julia's work with Hanson Robotics and the Loving AI Project revolves around trying to program unconditional love into robots. And they kind of define unconditional love in a whole lot of ways, but essentially being the ability to, I think it's something like to uh, draw out the best in another human being, something like that. That's, that's the set, that's kind of the sense of it. And so it's not so much that the, the robot is conscious and unconditionally loving, but they're demonstrating kind of the, the sorts of qualities or saying the sorts of things that might elicit a provoke an opening in the person who's listening, right? So they do these research subjects. And so, yeah, just trying to, like, what happens if we program with a more ethical basis and we think about benevolence when we're programming and we we try to get the robot to emanate those sorts of qualities, human experiences, what will that do to the person who is on the receiving end of the of the dialogue, right? Or And Sophia talks the subjects you know they have a bit of a conversation and then she talks them through a little bit of a process and a little bit of a meditation and people that so it's from what I can understand there's a bit of a neural hijacking thing going on where 
it looks enough like a person that you sort of engage, even though maybe you think it's a little bit sort of whatever, humorous, ridiculous, ironic, like whatever your stance is on it, stupid, whatever you might think that is. But you sort of go along with it, so it looks like a human's talking to you. Okay, yeah, this is a bit silly, but I'm going to, I'll just go for it. Nobody else is really listening. And this robot isn't judging me. It's not thinking anything about what I'm saying. So I'm kind of, well, well, okay, I'll just maybe say the truth. So I actually respond truthfully, you know, to the extent that I can. And so the the ending up like dropping into quite a deep place and coming out of these experiences that they don't know that's got anything to do with like love or heart opening or any of those kind of things. Julia said that coming out of these encounters, pointing to their heart, talking about heart opening and feeling feeling different and I just think far out like even on a basic small level if we have every time we have an encounter like that where we feel like we actually got to express ourselves honestly and openly and perhaps unlocked a little part of ourselves that was hidden away it changes the way that we then interact with the next person that we come across or our partner or our family or the person in the street or what have you and that just gently that ripple just spreads and we get better and better at being open and not being fearful about expressing how we really feel or who we really are or discovering who we really are. And so like the possibility of using technology to help unlock bits of us so that we can have deepen our experience with ourselves and others, I just think is so exciting to, to kind of squash that and say, hey, we should have less technology, not more. Or I mean, it isn't about less or more. It's about how we use the technology that we have, right, and shift our relationship with the technology. And if we can start to do that and if more people start to do that, and they are, like it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful proposition that we can use these tools at hand to uplift and transform and to shift our relationship with ourselves and each other. It's like, I, I'm getting really excited about it. I mean, it is. It's so exciting thinking of being able to drop into this place within us that we, where we can be more authentic, where we can really totally. show up. And and then, and, and I get that whole piece. I mean, it's, it's inspiring actually in twofold to be able to have someone like the AI, Sophia, who can be that non-judgmental witness so that we're able to do exactly. that. And and so part of the inspiration for me is how do we learn to be that with each other? Through through modeling it. Yes. Yes. If we haven't experienced it, if we haven't seen it or whatever, through modeling it for each other. Don't you think? Yes. I mean, that's just it. That's why I'm saying it's dualistic it's in perfect. nature in that. To, to really be able, to, if you're the recipient, to learn how to then access those parts of ourselves and be more authentic and open. It's, it's no mm. difference than, you know, in the therapy office we talk about as we practice with one another, how to drop into our feelings, how to make this 18 inch journey from our head down into our hearts. Once we practice enough in the office, then you know, the clients can take that and then utilize that in their everyday life and interactions with other people. And that's the hope with this too, twofold. That, that yeah. maybe, too, we can also learn how to model that sense of holding the space for each other, mm, allowing allowing those differences, right, so that we can come and be at that level of authenticity with one another. 
and just get better and better over time at it. You know, we're all kind of work in progress. I think we're all working. Pro- Maybe there's the odd person who's not work in progress, but I think most of us are. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other thing, the other reason that we were keen to include the technology, apart from kind of looking globally at the things that might generate some fear and you know anxiety for people, kind of potential crises that we're seeing around us, like how does this end up with a destructive capabilities of, of tech, et cetera, exponential tech, and not really understanding it in most instances um, when trying to flip that and say, hey, look, there's this potential for doing all these, uh, this awesome usage. So that, that was part of the reason that we wanted to include technology, although we never, I never imagined it would end up in the way that it ended up, which is totally perfect. But it was, you know, it was always kind of plan to be part of it but the other part of it is about like programming how do we program we're getting programmed by our environment and so exploring more about the programming in the environments and the thoughtfulness of those of those environments because we do a lot, obviously a lot of exploration and, and as you were saying before we intro all the characters in there in a childhood moment and kind of just to, to, to take us all back into well, we can all relate to those experiences of kind of like you know wanting some space and peace and respite from whatever was going on in your home or um, like yeah what was our default search for stillness as, as a child and how did we relate to those childhood environments and they're things that every it doesn't matter we've all got different kind of set of life situation but those feelings that we all feel at various stages in our life they're, they're the same you know they're the same and so what's what's the environment doing to us like how is it forming us and shaping us and how does that then impact the rollout of our lives and the decisions that we make yeah, so we wanted to tie that in with the AI, the robotics, the technology. This is an environment too that we're creating and we're shaping and we're molding and we can kind of shift and shape it. And to not have way. to fear it and not have to fear yeah. it because I think there is, like you said, anything that's unknown, our brain automatically goes into this place of like fight or flight and I'm going to reject that and that's scary instead of, like you said, it just embracing it. It's already here. Yeah. So it's how here. can we I mean, utilize it for good? Exactly. And I, I think, think it's exciting to be part of it. And it's the same thing, right? It's modeling an alternative because we've got so much of the doom and gloom sort of vision of, of tech and robots and Terminator and like yeah. all, all those types of things, the scary stuff. The news, we're seeing it in the news, we see it in movies and everything. And it's just like constantly altering the way that we perceive technology just consistently and so like yeah how do we model an alternative it's exciting yeah it is exciting <laughs> and again a, a, such a beautiful job in the film and i do want to you know as, as we're wrapping up just say yes there are so many surprises and beautiful moments that they are unexpected and they are absolutely magical and what for you is the essential message that you want your listeners and the people that are watching the film to get Mm. I find it hard to distill it down to one thing. It's I think it's important for us to realize that there's an always an opportunity to to shift where you're at, you know, and to try something different, to take a new approach, and um, and there's there's support and there's tools to help with that, and and it's really especially essential at this time, you know, that we kind of all are lit up to to get on the path that we're supposed to be doing in this, supposed to be on in this, in this lifetime. 
So for me, that's that's kind of an important takeaway. There's an, always a chance to take a different path. Yes. To try something new. And to shift out of a pain point in our lives. Mm, yeah. You know, and, and, and a beautiful message I've had. I used to go into when I would meditate, I'd have this vision. I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, this is 23 years ago. I would have this image of for whatever reason, it would just come to me spontaneously at the end, like this light in the sky and all these people just putting down their guns, like all mm. this interesting just because I think at the time. I think it was, I can't remember what was going on right then. I don't know if Afghanistan was going on yet or what, but I remember just that image of just everyone putting just peace and that that literally could happen. I I always have believed that we can reach that tipping point. Yeah. And when I think about that, you know, the, the 7 billion people going through the portal, that it is possible. There is is possible. Yes. It is possible. Someone was describing the film, it gets described in all sorts of ways, but I didn't intuit the guy and he said it's a film, you know, about global peace, the possibility for global peace, you know, and, and it is. I think we, instead of just being on autopilot and just keep doing the things that we're doing, we do need to create a bit of a space for ourselves that allows us to drop deeper into the experience of what's going on and to think about you know, think and, and not think about what we're doing, what's important and who we are and how we can contribute and all of those things and to create the space for that and silence and stillness and all of that. It's it's a birthing point, you know, for a lot of newness and potential and, and the creative possibility that exists for us. And so, and which I think allows us to feel when we, when we get a chance to block all the rest of the stuff out, to feel more courageous, to be less identified with what a relationship to, to the external world, to what other people are doing and, and more about what's true to us. And that's a place, a wellspring of courage that comes in there. And so like talking about like trying something new, we need to feel courageous to try something new. And I think at the moment, there's a lot of newness that needs to kind of happen and a rethink and a redesign and a reimagine. And so we do need to feel courageous and bold and to take time out from everything else so that we can foster those feelings, you know, that state within us. So, and then unleash it on the world. It's, I mean, it's really beautiful and it's essential. It's essential, isn't it? That's it. What you just said to open ourselves up, to be that conduit, to allow all of that to come through. And we can't mm. when we're in that busy place in our mind and we're just going, going, going with our life and we don't just stop and allow that space that really does cultivate that, that allows all that potential to come through and that creativity to be born and bloom. Mm. And it's still, it's not like a, that's not a, the destination. That's not the stopping place. It's like it's the, it's the birthing place. Yes. So beautiful. <laughs> step step out and, and do it. Yes. I love that. And I love it as the birthing place too, to cultivate that courage that then you yeah. step out with what's being birthed. I know. We, I mean, need to. It's like far out. It's, it's scary to make changes sometimes. It's scary, you know, risky to, to try something 
different to the way you've been doing things or to the way everybody around you is doing things and all of that kind of stuff it is it feels you need to get your reserves of courageousness up high I was going to say too there's um it's, it's not in the it's not in the film but there's a lot of sort of I guess beautiful wisdom of the ages kind of philosophical quotes that come up in the film from one of the people that we feature which is really nice and something that I didn't find a place for in the film but a really powerful thing that he said to me during the interview which is I think so relevant now is we can't do it alone Mm. you know and so the more of us going through the portal getting portaled as as one of the people who worked on the film said it's such a great thing getting portaled it's like (laughs) (laughs) to portal um yeah, like the more of us doing that and, and the kind of the rise of the collective, it's it's essential. We can't do it alone. And sort of it's like, you know, Buddha says it's like that reaching out that hand and helping each other and just that solidarity in the joint courageousness. Because we are all these individual cells in the body of humanity. Mm. And the importance of us being healthy cells, helping each other to be yeah. healthy cells in this body essential i am beyond inspired by you by the film (laughs) truly such a delight just to see you and and your energy and and just the sharing of this message and bringing this important important film to our world and so when is it being released and how can people see it Okay, so at the moment, it's available via Cinema On Demand. There's, depending on where you are in the US, there's, there are a bunch of screenings happening because we've just been finishing off the initial limited theatrical run, which was kind of a first first splash. So uh, we did a tour in November sort of around the States and, a, and there are a bunch of screenings still happening. So people can check the website all the time. It'll always be updated with the latest for screenings. Enter theportal.com. E-N-T-E-R, enter, theportal.com. And Cinema On Demand, if if you feel inspired to host a screening I do. in your area for your community. <laughs> I am. <laughs> right, well, gosh, just do it. So you can register via the website to host a screening. It's Cinema On Demand is just the coolest because... I mean, you know, we were a little limited. This is an, it's an impact documentary. We don't have endless funds. We've done what we can at the moment. I mean, it's going to be ongoing, but we've sort of had an initial push to start getting the word out. But it's a grassroots kind of an operation. And so uh, people on the ground, people in communities who are getting inspired and feeling like this is the message that they're interested in and were sharing in the world through maybe their work or personal interests or whatever that is to be able to then have like a beautiful asset to be able to share that message. People are really enjoying it and the screenings have been going super well. So uh, you can host a screening in your area, wherever that is, and they're cropping up all over the world now. We'll go digital down the track, but the film is it's conceived as an experience so it's kind of designed for that and it's designed for cinema uh the soundscape is huge and it's a very important part of the storytelling and you kind of don't necessarily get that so much if you're listening if you're watching it on a laptop or something and also there's a real community aspect to it and so what shifts when we start to experience certain things in community so we can get the the personal impact but then that that group impact too and it's really 
beautiful. In the cinema, it's it's really powerful. Oh. And like you were talking about before, the cinematography. I mean, it's kind of huge, and we're exploring the the micro intimate detail of life and the macro picture of life. And so that kind of zooming in and zooming out aspect is really quite profound when you you get it on the screen. And so I I, I mean I can take it with a grain of salt because obviously I'm the director. I want people to see it, <laughs> no, but it's kind of like I know people are responding hugely in that environment. Well, absolutely. So we're going to hold on for that. Any way I can help bring this message um, oh, to more wow. people. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So absolutely count me in. <laughs> we'll cool. do it. Yeah. Yes. Great. And so, and maybe down the tracks when we are going digital, we can chat again and we can let people know that it's going digital. But at the moment, yeah, just to try and really foster, foster that experience, the possibility for that experience for people. We're trying to keep it in the cinemas in that, in that watching environment for as long as possible. And next year at some point we'll go, we'll go digital. You know, it's, I feel like it's sort of, it's also the part of, modeling the behavior that we see that's important for the future you know as we sort of like establish thinking about what what is an enlightened planet like what what's the next paradigm what is that and it involves so much more community and that's the way we get there so really kind of supporting that supporting that that's really important yes so how can people find out more information about this and become a part of it Oh, great. It'd be, yeah, definitely join, uh, join the tribe. Uh, so you can do it via the website, which I said before, enter the portal.com and we've got a, a page and a group on Facebook. So that's an awesome way of kind of catching the latest it's happening, upcoming screenings that our handle is enter the portal now. And the, I think it's called the, the page is called the portal movie. Instagram's the same enter the portal now. And we love hearing we love getting messages from people and and being able to share that you know let me tell you something really really cool so there's a book as well as you mentioned earlier and you can get the info to to get to buy a book uh, which is physical and digital and audio all via the website but somebody recently that who'd she's she bought the book she's also hosted a screening here in Australia she decided after watching the film, she decided to start an initiative called Pay It Forward the Portal and she sent her book to a friend in the US and it's now like started this chain of pay it forward and send the book on to somebody else. It's so cool, you know, and that's the that's a little spark that got lit inside of her to contribute. She's like, I don't have, you know, much of a social media following or whatever, but I'm just so excited and passionate about the film and the message and sharing it and just want to do what I can. So um, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a really beautiful thing. Time for Christmas and stuff. If you felt like taking a look at it or um, giving somebody a copy of the book, it's really, it's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful We've tried to keep that kind of the intimacy of the conversation person to person. That's the flavor of the book too. So the interviews take a bit of a similar form. It's not prose style. It's it's super personal. Yeah, you feel like it's a direct person to person transmission. It's really nice. Well, and that's what's beautiful about this too is that our our show goes to 58 different countries. It oh, is cool. heard in 58 different countries. So this is, you know, we're extending this to the larger community. Oh, that's amazing. And so so my hope and, and the joy in this is that people will come and be a part of the portal community and this tribe as well. Definitely, and that would be amazing. Help spread the spark of the portal. <laughs> We've all got, yeah, we're, we're there's so many 
it's really exciting. So many people involved in just like trying to make the world a better place and come together and form alliances and that kind of thing. So um, this is just a part of all of that that's happening in the world at the moment. And um, it's an honour to, yeah, it's an honour to be a part of it all. My conversation with Jackie was so inspirational. It was hard to keep my energy contained. It is such a treat to talk to someone who has allowed their inner creativity and sparks to truly be ignited and to take her beautiful own personal journey through a childhood where she dealt with a mother who was bipolar and the difficulties that came around that and to be able then to transcend like we've all we've all had our own personal difficulties in our lives and Jackie was able to transcend hers and through her own personal journey utilized the portal herself for discovery as the birthing place to creativity and what a beautiful journey she's been on and to create a film of this magnitude to bring this idea through where we want to become a piece of the healthy body of humanity by being a healthy cell. And when we were talking about that, what that means is by doing your own inner work and accessing this place of silence where we can transcend PTSD and violent things that have happened in our world and all kinds of trauma and all kinds of dysfunction to come to a greater place of peace and understanding within ourselves and to hold that within ourselves. As we said, as we become healed, we become that conduit for bringing that healed self back through to the outer world and help to heal and touch other people's lives. I was fascinated by the technology as a tool for transformation and how we can utilize it on our own journeys to be able to heal, to be able to be more authentically ourselves and to be able to begin to open our hearts. And that's really what this journey is about. The portal is also a journey into our deepest selves, into our hearts. So I think it's important to ask yourself, what through this interview sparked something within you? What ideas were sparked within you? What parts of you were opened up and what parts of you resonated with some of the things that were talked about. Use that as one of the portals for going into silence and meditating on those things. And then utilize those parts of you to continue your own deepening and your own gifting to yourself and to the world. We all are such important pieces in this journey that we're all on together. Just like we talked about with the trees, we may stand alone on the surface, but underneath it all, we are all interconnected. We are the roots that go deep. We all are a part of this deeper connectivity called life. And I'm so thankful to be on this journey with all of you. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, 
please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James. This has been a production of NOCO FM.